the wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten, when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning, there are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. Welcome to the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author. In this season, we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The queens in this podcast include myself, Alex, Marissa, and Taylor. We are your guides and companions for your adventure through various fantasy worlds. And we just read, or these two just read, because I finished the whole book, uh, <laughs> chapter 21 to the end of chapter 43. How do you feel? First thoughts. I, Marissa just finished. <laughs> I, I literally just finished. Like, I, I closed the book and said, okay, guys, I'm ready. <laughs> um, I, I am glad you gave us an extra chapter. Yes, me too. Because chapter forty-two would have been bad to end on. <laughs> I mean, I would have Not survived, bad, but it would have been sad. I mean, also we would have started sooner, so like maybe there's the benefit there. But <laughs> and I feel um, like no, I'm kidding. Forty-three would have been a good one to start on next. Well, I guess tomorrow yeah. when we start reading again. Like I liked tomorrow? that tonight. Are you gonna tonight? wait until next record day and then you're gonna start I... it? <laughs> made the promise last time that I wasn't going to do that and I knew I shouldn't have so <laughs> we're just going to keep making it until I don't do that anymore okay because <laughs> one of two things is going to happen I'm going to either not do that anymore or it's going to be a nice little funny running joke so either way we win <laughs> <laughs> perfect we love your speed read it's impressive honestly <laughs> thanks I mostly just wanted to the reason I didn't want to stop at chapter 42 besides the fact that it ends just with like loyal saying we will die if we go through the ways I wanted to be able to talk about the ways because you don't really get the explanation until chapter 43 so I wanted to at least be able to discuss them a little bit because mm. it's an intriguing part of the world and yeah I think it, I think the stopping point was either 44 or before the, the ways are mentioned yeah like you could have stopped there but then I I believe that that previous chapter ended with Matt like lying in bed. <laughs> yeah. So, so you wanted oh. to know what happened to him too. <laughs> good old Matt. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so I will. I have, a, I have a lot to say about Matt. Yeah, I know you do. Good's not and one I of them. Have the insight for pre, uh, you know, future Matt. But I understand. <laughs> the quick overview of this section is, I wrote a couple sentences on it. So the Broken Fellowship is what I'm calling them. <laughs> the Broken Fellowship yeah. manages to make it back together in Camelin with Moraine, Lan, and Nynaeve rescuing Perrin and Egwene along the way. And Matt and, sorry, Rand and Matt losing Tom to a fade. And then in Camelin, we are introduced to Camelin royalty, loyal, and the danger of the ways. So that is what you two just read. Yeah, so I know we're going to go through this part by part, 
but I just have one thing to say, which is no body, no death. Agreed. Tom. All right. Tom's coming back. This is exactly what I thought you both would say. (laughs) Even Uh, the innkeeper said it. Yeah. For for one thing, you would not make me have learned this guy's name if he was not at least in book two. (laughs) And second of all, yeah, I'm a big believer. No body, no death. Like I... It, it's actually it's actually bad like i'll read books and they'll be like oh he fell off a cliff i'm like no he's not dead <laughs> and it will take me a while to come to terms with the fact that, that person did in fact die yeah so but no well i'll tell you it. that i had the exact same reaction to you two at the time of reading this so you i, I know how you feel whether or not you get to see tom again we will find out <laughs> we'll see tom. <laughs> so i'm pretty confident on that i was pretty confident <laughs> So we start out with a naive POV uh, as she tracks down Lan and Moraine, once again, making a fool of Lan's skills, which which we just love for naive. Okay, so I just have to say, I'm getting big vibes that I'm right. This is why I laughed, because I knew you were talking about Lan I and really, Nynaeve. I started laughing because... It was. It really was funny that like the first chapter that I pick, like you pick back up, it's like very clear where they're headed, and I was like, "Wow, I really called it just before the marker." Because <laughs> I knew that was ex- like the next thing happening, and I was yeah. like, "I can't contain my laughter that you guessed this." <laughs> I I am obsessed with them. I am in love with them. Yeah. I I am here for it. <laughs> here for it. <laughs> protect them at all costs so is Nynaeve she was not frail but his muscles were like iron it's like okay I was like get it we get it girl girl. (laughs) listen a tall swords uh sword daddy I think is what Taylor called him in her last notes (laughs) how could you not (laughs) yeah we love this right Nynaeve tracks down Lana Moraine and Moraine basically explains to her how she can also channel and kind of explains how it comes on so you start out by wanting something really bad. Uh, it happens. What you ever, whatever you wanted really badly happens. Then a couple of weeks later, you get like a sickness or a fever or something. And then unaided, it basically can cause you to die if you're not like schooled in the proper way to control stuff. Clearly, Nynaeve is past the point of this happening. So she's not going to die. She's figured out some sort of form of control. And generally what that means is um, you have some sort of block. So that's why she doesn't really channel as easily as uh, someone who's trained, even though she's not going to die because she's like blocked the power. So it can only come at certain times. And for her, it only shows up when she's really angry, which we don't often see women, you know, having to get angry in uh, books, but Nynaeve specifically to use her channeling, she has to get very angry. And I kind of love that for her, even though in this situation, she literally fights it to the very final note like she cannot believe Moraine until literally it is so clear that yes she knows how to channel that she finally is just like yeah okay I can do it <laughs> I I just love her being like you're trying to trick me she's like no I will no not way. be believing this Thank Moraine's you. like do you see all of these things I've laid out in front of you that have happened to you and you know they have no 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 I could see it in your face <laughs> no 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 she uh she just interviewed all the people in the village really well. <laughs> She's just a really great journalist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so I have one line in here that I flagged as like being both important and well-written, which is if the dark one wants a thing, I oppose it. I know you mentioned this in the previous podcast. Actually, I could hear it in your voice when I read it, but uh, I just, I really liked it. I also liked like the line that follows, which is, can there be a simpler reason or a better, um, which just reaffirms my love for Maureen and Nynaeve, even though they don't like each other. <laughs> they so very that's much fine. <laughs> Tay, you got any thoughts on Nynaeve? being stubborn af yeah you saying that she needs to be 
angry at a channel. Has she ever not been angry no, this she, entire time? She's like the Hulk. She's constantly angry. Girl is, <laughs> girl is mad. It did uh, when Moraine was talking to her about the sickness, whatever, the signs that she had done this. She mentioned that like, oh, was there a time you healed Perrin or Egwin? Egwene. There you go. <laughs> and Nynaeve says that she healed Egwene and Maureen says that that's why she can like sense Egwene's presence and back in the prequel like Egwene walked up and was like watching the wisdom and Nynaeve do something and Nynaeve noticed Nynaeve. <laughs> her without turning around. Nynaeve! <laughs> Nynaeve noticed her without turning around. Yeah, so we see that. And so that's that's something that we... uh got a little hint at before also this pattern of getting sick and then or sorry doing some sort of magic and getting sick has been happening throughout this series so you'll like see a little bit of a pattern i know you've noticed that rand has been sick but perrin also was sick and Bearlani didn't want to get out of bed either so you know there's it does work the same for men which i think maureen mentions there um so just something to keep an eye out here oh i wonder if someone gets sick during this part <laughs> oh my goodness could you imagine i guess matt's getting slowly well, that's different. Into... That's his own doing. <laughs> that's, that's... I don't want to, I'm not ready to talk <laughs> that's about a Matt different conversation. <laughs> Next chapter, Perrin finds Egwene on the far bank. She says Bella got her through the river. Another point for Darth Bella here. And they decide to head for Camelin. I noticed. My favorite line, just yeah. really quickly, I have to, because it just pertains to like the start of this, is Perrin's thought, which is here you were worrying about her and she's done better than you. Absolutely. And I just want this like marked etched in stone for the guys like i just i want them all to see it and read it and write it until they believe it because stop <laughs> she's fine she had a fire going she has supplies she's got a horse still she's got food parent yeah. literally wakes up under yeah. a tree branch being like he's that like, was he's still wet <laughs> like yeah, yeah. is driving. Like he's <laughs> struggling. Yeah, Egwene also admits he did have a little thought for his horse. I appreciated that. He was like, ah, oh, hope that I, horse I just think got it was out a of the river though, safe. He was like, poor horse. Oh well. Like <laughs> moving on. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> but... which, which I get, and I understand. Like life or death situation here. Like we gotta prioritize. But still, I was like, feels like it was more added in for me. <laughs> Egwene admits to starting a fire with the power, but she can't recreate it, probably because she didn't really, really, really want it. Uh, I imagine if it's cold and dark and you're soaking wet, you would really want a fire. Perrin gets pretty uncomfy about it. Uh, he doesn't want her practicing her channeling without with him around, basically. And then they kind of are wandering through the woods and they eventually stumble upon Elias Machera, who is a yellow-eyed wolf brother. Uh, he claims Perrin can also speak to wolves. Perrin fervently denies this. Um, but if you ask me, take that power and run with it. I'm sorry. If someone told me I could speak to wolves, you would never see me again. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm living in the woods. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Why Why does he have such a problem with it? Like, I mean, I kinda, cool. I mean, character wise, it tracks. He is very cautious, I suppose. And I mean, he's like, don't practice your silly little eye to eye magic around me. Or without anyone else also maybe never at all maybe we just never talk about this <laughs> like i feel like that guy I can sense is wolves. not gonna be like 
like he's to, to my understanding he's like he's like the jock he and he's just like you know you don't i i don't dabble like if you went up to that guy and was like do you want to talk to wolves he'd be like absolutely not i want he's, to go back to my regular he's, uh, life he's corbin you. blue i don't dance yeah yeah <laughs> very much oh my god that's funny it's just yeah, I I was like, this is the funniest thing because he's gonna fight it and it's not gonna work. But you know, I guess good for you for fighting it, man. I don't know, like, <laughs> try your best. Elias is a cool character, though. I mean, what a what an interesting like uh, mentor for her parent to pop up with. And I love how he's just like the wolves come sit around the fire and and Egwene's just like, are they pets? <laughs> I'm like, no, they're wolves, Egwene. <laughs> they're not pets. <laughs> Yeah, this section actually was, was like the most I've ever been like, Egwene, come on, <laughs> girl. <laughs> I was I was a little uh, sketched out by him at first. Like, if you are on the run, you have been hunted, you are in hiding, you, you do not go up to the fire that you see in the wilderness. Yeah. What are you doing? I mean, Big that's avoid that. Again, though, unlike everything that Matt has done, I could see the logic and like I believed it because they were so hungry and like they were so they were in they were just falling apart that like desperation would push you to make that contact. Turns out Elias had already been watching them anyways. Like it was going to happen sooner or later. In the end it's fine but I do feel that Taylor it's like the stranger danger again. But that yeah you know what I guess if you're in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like they literally like he's like you guys must be starving like you've been eating nothing. And like at that point I was I was I was on board. I was like, you know, it's not exactly fair for me to be like, this is a dumb move because I don't know, man, I get a little bit hungry and I make <laughs> bad choices, let alone starving. They were wandering. just hangry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> they were just hangry. Stranger danger you know doesn't fair? exist when you're hangry. <laughs> that is a lie. But that as is I was not eating advice. my snack, <laughs> as I was eating my snacks and reading it, I was like, don't go to the fire. <laughs> So big no. That's where things coming from. Just like mm, that's a dumb move. Why would you do that? Nom nom. <laughs> we go back to Rand. He's having more Balsamon dreams. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> These seem like great dreams to be having. Uh, and Balsamon means heart of the dark in the Trolloc language. So it's assumed to be the Trolloc's name for the dark one. In case anybody wanted that translation. Mm. Tom is training Rand and Matt in his trade, so Gleeman trade, just to keep up their story that they're basically his apprentices. And while they're on this boat, they spy a, a metal tower with, from the distance, they can see no windows or doors. And Bail Doman tells them kind of like the story about it. And Matt seems particularly interested because we we love treasure. Matt's always looking, looking for treasure. I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you how badly I want to shake this boy. I cannot express how when he mentioned treasure again, I, I, I would have walked away from him. I, I would not have participated in this conversation with him. No, Matt, don't touch it. Don't stop. Guesses on if that tower ever comes back into play. Like I wrote, guesses on when, if ever, this tower comes back into play. Either I'm split on this because I know there's things that aren't going to come back up, and it just seemed Very like random. something that was going to come back up. Which makes me think there's actually a good chance it might not <laughs> because there was just a lot of thought given to it. Um, but I have a feeling it will. I'm going to guess within, not in the next book, but in the third one. Third day. I think it doesn't doesn't come back. No. It's just, just, just something out there. Story. Passing world building aspect. Yeah. And we never see what's in this 
mysterious metal tower just like on the edge of the river just random all right and then rand while having his little daredevil moment climbs up the mast and realizes he is up there okay all of a sudden. so <laughs> remember when i was like in the last episode i was like so rand has this darkness in him him being up there i was like this is <laughs> this is dark rand <laughs> this is dark rand taking over this is not rand Man's possessed <laughs> This is, he is not himself. Also, he just slides down the rope like some pirate and just like yeah. Does and a then flip he the looks end, up and he's up. like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> and you're worried about Egwene. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, and he's like totally doesn't realize how high up he was. Like he's having a little a minty bee lapse. <laughs> <laughs> So the, I, I just want a little top of the mast. I just want you to know that it's not a section of this page I flagged. It's the whole page, <laughs> the red flag page. Yeah, because as Rand comes down from, uh, you know, wherever he is, we up find there, out great mast, news. We see uh, Matt holding a dagger with a ruby, and he says he took it from Shatter Logoth. So I knew it because he took it. I knew Moraine's he couldn't not. Don't count. It's fine, Rand. Don't worry about it. So I have a. I have a fun little note that I wrote. Oh, when please I, do. Um, and actually, if you uh, read back when they come out of the, like when they're running away from Mordeth, at one point Matt says, at least I got, and then one of the boys cuts him off. And I didn't catch that the first read through. But then when I read it through the second time, I'm like, oh, that's him about to say, at least I got this, showing them the dagger right there. But he gets <sighs> cut off and he doesn't show uh, them, so Moraine doesn't know. Anyways. Uh. So, yeah, I, yeah. I knew there yeah, was no there way was he didn't no way. take something. We both. Matt, don't touch like, that. Like, yeah, you just, if he would have left, that would have been like the, to be fair, that would have been the least like his character if he had not grabbed something. Also, if we remember too, Min had some sort of vision where he, where there was a dagger with a ruby. Yes, on his I head did too. remember that so. afterwards. Mm. Actually, just, it just occurred just to me as already. I was finishing the last section that she had said that Min still top tier. <laughs> Min is top tier. Matt. <laughs> Stop. <Top> tier. <laughs> Matt. No. Actually, the note I have is for later. I have multiple notes about him having the dagger, and it's just Matt Stop. <laughs> Next up, we've got Egwene, Perrin, and Elias coming across a camp of Tuathaon or Tinkers. The Tuathaon invite them into the camp and travel with them for a while. So the Tuathaon, Tuathaon, that's how you pronounce it, apparently. The Tuathaon follow something called the Way of the Leaf. Which basically means they like commit no violence. Which what's it called? Pa- pacifist. Pacifist is when you pacifist, like. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically kind of the their philosophy on life. Um, they're also searching the world for a specific song. They don't know what the song is. They just they're gonna know it when they hear it. Just very uh, graphic design feedback. I'll know it when I see it. I'll there. know it when like, I see it. Cool. Little flashback there. Uh, and Tinkers do have very important connections to some of the other cultures in the book, so they definitely want to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, they've been mentioned a couple culture. times, even like outside of this section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they're also called the traveling people because they kind of just they're traveling around searching for their song is basically what what the their their story is. Rain, who's uh, the leader, they call him the, the the seeker, I believe. He tells Elias and Perrin about a story he heard about an Aiel woman, another culture in this book, uh, a maiden of the spear specifically. Maiden of the spear chicks are awesome, <laughs> and her her dying words uh, they sound like a prophecy to me. Uh, coincidentally the name of this book is also Eye of the World so I wonder if that comes up at some point but they mention her dying words or something about Sightblinder which is the 
Aiel name for the Dark One is wanting to blind the eye of the world, I think I remember correctly. And something about he who comes with the dawn, I believe, is mentioned. That it's it's it gives prophecy vibes for sure. No way you two thought about this section. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or prophecy vibes, right? I don't think I flagged it as much. I literally didn't flag it, but I didn't flag it as like super important. I feel like a little bit of this is going to be stuff sneaking up on you just because there's so much stuff that could sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. Because I remember all of that. Like I didn't I didn't mark it. Yeah, it didn't like flag as something. Like I was like, "Oh, okay. There's the title of the book. I got it." Yeah. Um <laughs> but like I don't know. It sort of comes back later on, I believe, because this is kind of why they decide to go to the Eye of the World instead of um, Tarvalin, like near the end there. Perrin mentions that they heard this. Loyald also heard a similar story. Hmm. So it does come back right there. Uh, but but it is uh, an intriguing thing, like the whole story in general, because the Ariel don't normally come up to the Tuathon. So like it's one one last woman there and her dying words, she needs to pass them on to someone. So intriguing. See see what they mean. While they're with the Tinkers, we've got Egwene dancing with Aram, who even Perrin thinks is cute. <laughs> so we love that. <laughs> Get it, Egwene. <laughs> And it's parents not happy. Yeah, is parent protective or just jealous of Egwene? We we may never know. <laughs> jealous of Egwene. I do have a couple sections. I have one from Elias. 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 I was saying Elias. Honestly, it's fine. <laughs> is it sure. fine or is it not fine? That one I think is fine. I feel like it's probably either way in the audiobooks. I'll say Elias though, because you're more comfy with that. So I can feel you tensing. Like, what I'm saying, you're wrong, so it's okay. Uh, He says, relax, lad, take life as it comes, run when you have to, fight when you must, and rest when you can. And I was like, that is fantastic advice. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. That was a that was a good one. Also, I have... I think even Egwene says something along those lines to Perrin. She's like, why can't yep. I just have fun right now? Like, we're not going to get she this very often. She says exactly that, which is the next thing I have flagged. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, so whatever is going to happen will happen whether we leave today or next week. That's what I believe now. Enjoy yourself, Perrin. It might be the last chance we have. Yeah. And I was like, look at this, Egwene. Living in the moment. She's living her best life, life here. <laughs> Just on an Just adventure. dancing with the cute dancing boy. Dancing with the cute boy. Yeah. Who knows what else with the cute boy? She's enjoying herself. <laughs> let him, let her live her life there, Perrin. <laughs> and uh, so, and then I also flagged the section because I thought this was really interesting that she actually was living that way. Uh, so when they have to leave, she Perrin is like ready to fight her on it because he's like she's not going to want to go. She's having so much fun, and he's and she doesn't say anything she just goes and gathers up her stuff and she's ready to go like she really was just trying to live as best as she could in the moments that she had and i was like i love that for her yeah Um, it's great could all be a little more like a gwen i also have flagged just because it kept this came up repeatedly and it started to make me mad okay and maybe it's because you noted it in the last one but we have the first section in which perrin says light he thought what do i do now what would Rand do? He knows about girls. <laughs> and then you have Rand later being like, what would Perrin do? He would make a joke or something and everything would be fine. He knows about girls. And I literally just want to smack their heads together. <laughs> literally every time either of them interacts with a girl, they're like, ah, oh, the other one would know what they're to like, do. like, I'm so stupid. No matter what. What would I do? <laughs> I love this about the two of them the fact that they think the other is so much better with girls is hilarious to me i I also i also love so far that like and i know matt's going through it but uh matt so far is just like 
not a part of that. Yeah, neither of them think Matt is better with girls. <laughs> but he's he's also not like, oh, I wish I was better with girls. He's like just himself. <laughs> Matt's got his own problems right yeah, now. Matt, Matt does. Uh, Matt has his dagger. He doesn't care. I also amazing section when they're leaving, which is a little bit ahead of. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so they 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 leave, and uh, uh, Perrin asks the Gwen what Ila Ilya uh, Ila Ila Isla. Sorry, Isla Isla was giving her advice on. Mm-hmm. And she says that Isla was giving advice on being a woman, and he starts laughing at her. Which I was like, "Don't laugh at a Gwen, man. <laughs> just don't do it." <laughs> advice. Nobody tells us how to be men. We just are. That a Gwen said is probably why you make such a bad job of it. And I was like, and I mean, Elias is laughing too. Like he starts laughing, and I was like, "You thousand percent deserve that." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I. I do love that line from Egwene. It's great. <laughs> yeah, Egwene's just spitting facts right back Truly. at him. Truly. That's a little bit ahead of where we are, but I'll just continue yeah, right sorry. back where we are. No, no problem. <laughs> uh, Perrin keeps having normal dreams, so he's not having nightmares right now, but always there's like a wolf guarding him, and he doesn't see it as wrong in the dream, but when he comes out, he notices. So it's interesting that now Perrin all of a sudden has like guardians in his dreams. This, uh, this society, this like very biased society against magic Mm -hmm. is so interesting because they're all fine and dandy with their wisdoms and then can basically channel but but whatever nobody knows that that. (laughs) Uh, but you know any other exceptional power is immediately just like shunned Mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting yeah and it comes from a lot of like obviously the breaking of the world and like that whole situation which was caused by mostly the men but you know probably the women didn't help in this situation uh like previously to like why the breaking was even started but also post breaking of the world this is the reason that the eyes that i have the three oaths and they aren't allowed to lie they aren't allowed to make weapons and they aren't allowed to use the power as a weapon so that came after the breaking and it's because of kind of the the fear of the magic yeah. and the channeling. And yeah, the three boys can constantly just thinking the opposite. I mean, it's the two right now. I can't remember actually if Matt ever thinks this as well, but the two of them just going back and forth being like, Perrin's so good at this. Rand's so good at this. <laughs> Hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Rand, and Tom arrive at Whitebridge. For some reason, Taylor, I don't know if you got this vibe. Whitebridge reminded me of Lisbon. I don't know why. That's what I picture in my head with the bridge and then right on a river. I- it just seemed like, I don't know, that was the vibe I thought in my head. That's what I picture. Bale. I kind of pictured it for a second, too. Yeah, you could see because like the bridge is there and it's like a, I don't know, river town. Obviously smaller, but anyways. <laughs> Bale Doman offers them a uh, fare up to Ilian, but Rand insists they wait for Moraine because he thinks he's going crazy and he needs an Aes Sedai now, apparently. And Tom really kind of wants them to stay. He thinks it's a really good option to go to Ilian with Ilian with uh, Bale Doman and like the rest of the crew. Tom tries to get info from an innkeeper and they learn that a fade is looking for them. Tom also tells the boys kind of the story about his nephew, which is why he continues to travel with them and wants them to stay away from the Aes Sedai. So he had a nephew who was gentled by the Red Aja mm-hmm. and eventually killed himself. And that's why he kind of wants to help these boys and keep them out of the the pattern the Aes Sedai may be weaving or not. They decide to get out of the city 
as soon as possible but of course the fade shows up tom attacks it allowing the boys to run and basically leave tom behind for dead both of you stated that you do not think tom is dead because no body no death (laughs) tom really just like took off his cloak and gave him their flute and was like bye run (laughs) protect that harp he did grumble a little bit about it he's like ah shouldn't have gotten mixed up with you guys yeah yeah bye yeah i just yeah, no body, no death. That's my feeling on that. I love Tom protecting them here, though. He's he's taking them from the team. Wants them to be safe. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, he's doing right. Like I have nothing. <laughs> I've this scene is fine. He's just not dead. <laughs> I just Which I've never been I'm so not like concerned. Concerned. Like I'm every- interested to hear how it played out and how he got out yeah. of there. I'm like, I can't wait. Because he did. I can't wait for him he's to fine. embellish the story as well. Because whatever happened, he's, he's not going to tell us. He's gonna. It's going to be a grand story. So, you know, I'm excited Should for be good. that. All right. But... You heard it here first. Tom isn't dead. <laughs> I'm going to be really upset if in like three books he's still not back. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to. <laughs> We're going to be like, oh, wait a so second. Were we supposed to warn like, him? Wait. We're... Was, was Tom really dead? <laughs> So, no, it's fine. Yeah, then I'll be upset. Yeah. Yeah. Back with Egwene, living her best life, partying with the Tinkers. Uh, Perrin wants to leave so badly. We kind of already talked about this. He's still saying he's getting bad vibes from Aram. I will say when it describes him, him as having a hot, hungry gaze, hated that. Did not like that line. Disgusting. (laughs) I did not like it at all. Yeah. (laughs) Really grossed me out. Yeah, that's... It sounds like what a guy would think about another guy when he's uncomfy yeah and then he's telling everyone that like Egwene is like a sister or something (laughs) well he says like she's not like a sister but she's Rand's kind of thing she's like his his best friend's girl yeah it's like that's Egwene what do you mean that's never a love story don't (laughs) I'm still I'm still on team like like she might like I could see her ending up with him I just don't think so all right. But I do see, um, like, I, there's definitely, I just think Perrin is so silly, too. Like, where they're all so silly. Like, they're all just <laughs> silly boys. Silly little boys who make really, really bad mistakes. <laughs> I mean, even before this, like, fellowship split, to me, it felt like Matt and Rand and then Perrin and Egwene. Like, even though Egwene and Rand have this weird little betrothal lovey thing going on like i feel like there were natural pairs in that group yeah i mean and they just ended up in those anyways their stories right now fit together well like i don't know if i don't know if rand or matt could handle traveling with Egwene, and not because Egwene is difficult or any way i think they would just be so uncomfy no but here's the thing matt and Egwene would be disastrous because neither of them give enough craps about each other. Yeah, they would leave each other. <laughs> well, like, they would be together because they would know they should stay together. Yeah. But, like, she wouldn't notice when he was acting weird because she'd be like, oh, mad. Yeah. And he wouldn't notice anything about her, I don't think. Yeah, and I think Rand and Egwene would just be fighting the whole time. Well, Rand would be trying to control Egwene, and Egwene would be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I literally made a fire out of nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> Get away from me. And he'd be like, <laughs> he'd be like, that's dark no, you're magic. Not. How dare you? <laughs> Let me protect you. You need it. At this point, Perrin still wanting to leave so badly, but he has a dream with Balzaman where a wolf gets killed in the dream in a very gruesome, horrible way. No, thank you. And that next day, like when he wakes up, Elias decides it's time for them to GTFO. We gotta, we gotta get yeah. out of here. Um, and like you said, Perrin notes 
uh, Egwene talking with Ilya a lot, and she says it's about being a woman. And there's like a lot of that throughout this book, like older women passing knowledge about being a woman or just like things onto like the younger generations and passing it on. And it always is stri- stri- struck me, <laughs> struck in me, yeah, <laughs> you. as almost like witchy vibes with like the whole triple goddess notion, like yeah. the, the crone, the mother, the maiden kind of thing. I don't know if that was intentional here, um, but yeah, I like this I'm going to say very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uncommon within the like it's such a common trope that yeah it's no. intentional yeah and particularly Egwene learns so many different things from a lot of different sources she ends as like a very well-rounded character yeah. and I love love that for her next up we have Lan Moraine Nynaeve arriving in Whitebridge finding out about the fade while Moraine tries to track the boys since they gave up their tokens, which stressed me the hell out when they gave up these these coins. I was like, immediately Maureen won't be able to find them. Uh, Lan suggests Nynaeve goes home before she gets hurt, but she will not be doing that. Thank you very much. Go away, Lan. <laughs> but also... Uh, but also, hey. <laughs> how cute. He wants to protect her. Adorable. Adorable. But like, not crazy over the top. Like, I don't know, some people in this novel... Uh, but he he's like, you know, maybe you should head out here. Absolutely not. Did you think that was going to work? <laughs> I won't be doing that. Thanks. <laughs> Very much like also her being like, what, I'm making you look bad? Like, <laughs> like she's so over the top. I love it. Yeah. I also particularly love this line. I don't know. I was listening to the audiobook when I heard this, but it just stuck out to me um, when they're leaving Whitebridge and it says behind them, the smoked to smoke-stained town of Whitebridge cowered and I just love the yeah, visual a of a town visual. cowering in the background I don't know that one that one stuck with me Elias takes Perrin and Egwene across the Caroline Caroline grass mm-hmm. that's not that important it's just where they are really wide open and it's got these like hills they're trying to kind of like sneak around them Egwene is like kind of pissed off why they're trying to sneak around I think Egwene and Perrin are bothered but then they realize like it's literally because he's trying to hide them from basically murderous ravens and. <laughs> They have to sneak through all these open areas. They're trying to kind of take shelter as wherever they can. Horrifying yep. image yep. of the murderous, you know. Yeah, what's no, it called? that was nightmare material. What's uh, what's a group of ravens called, Taylor? We should know a this. A kindness. Isn't it unforgiveness? I know it. It's a kindness. And I know it from One Tree Hill. That's the book that Lucas I writes. thought they call it an unforgiveness. It's a kindness of ravens. Maybe. Google it real quick. Are we watching the same One Tree Hill show? I thought it was an unforgiveness, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, they continue on. They take shelter in a steading. And an unkindness. An unkindness. Okay, so we're both close. So we were both right. <laughs> an unkindness of ravens. An unkindness right. of ravens. That's what it was. They end up taking shelter in a steading, which is normally an ogier home, but uh, this one's abandoned. Okay, we're missing the part where Perrin literally thinks about killing Egwene to save her yes. oh. from death by oh, raven. My. That is true. <laughs> true. We do forget that. And he is stressed about like knowing he had that thought. Okay, but- he's like upset okay no 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 there's so i this was really interesting to me uh so i just okay so there's a couple lines first uh elias says think if you want to stay alive fear will kill you if you don't control it mm-hmm. which i feel like stressed fear is the known killer even more like a lot like he was like am i controlling my fear is <laughs> it going to kill me i don't know and then yeah so then he has like right before he has the thought he they are switching off and on the horse and they're just running away from these ravens. Mm-hmm. And he has a thought, she's tired, tell her. Because he 
he he doesn't think they're gonna make it like there's no way they're gonna get outrun and so he has thought tell her or let her think we still have a chance to escape an hour of hope even if it is desperate or an hour of despair he's like we've got an hour left at most Mm -hmm. like before these ravens catch up to us and then right after that uh he has would he have the courage to spare her from the spare her the death the fox had died i mean Uh, getting killed by ravens would be pretty horrific I mean, he does also... That fox death was pretty gruesome. Yeah, he does also have that, which I was like, this is, it's kind of interesting that he had this thought, though, later is he said, I didn't have, I don't have any right to choose for her, though, Mm -hmm. when he's talking with Elias about it. Yeah. Perrin gets very conflicted about things that he thinks, like his wolf powers is very conflicted about this kind of thing. Like he, he wants to save her in that moment by like not letting her go through the mercy death, uh, yeah, yeah mercy. it's a mercy thing a mercy kill but then he also yeah. like you said afterwards is like would That's i have really not had the right to make that fair choice. of me to yeah. even choose that for her which which i was like him. that's it's just a lot of thought coming from the the blacksmith yeah of the town sweet parent <laughs> the black, blacksmith apprentice there was also another really good line i in here. sorry i'm just rambling now <laughs> go ahead taylor i did ask my boyfriend this question um <laughs> if we were about to get <laughs> murder uh, pet what would you do if i was a worm <laughs> by <laughs> these ravens <laughs> if i was going to be like literally a mulch of body after these ravens pecked me to death like would you kill me with an axe first he said he'd let the ravens get me that, how did you feel about that i'm kind of upset i was like dude just like axe me from behind without me knowing i mean if you could do it in one shot if you're gonna chop at me maybe like how long do you think it's gonna take rough, for ravens but... to kill you you know what i mean like is it gonna be i know it's gonna be fairly slow but it's probably not gonna be s- i'm gonna say it like this the way. slowest <laughs> i'm gonna say it this way if that axe misses its mark that is also like the worst death yeah because sh- she would have had no idea it was coming and so she would have just been confused why Perrin decided to kill her. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to be, you got to be sure and accurate and swift because otherwise it's. Because then too, like they get out and they don't get killed by ravens and guilt. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> Forever, obviously. <laughs> yeah. What if he just like axed her and then like literally walked into the steading and was like, oh, wait a second. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. We were right there. <laughs> he does have the thought. So they're talking about how much he hates the axe he has. Mm-hmm. Again, Perrin being mm-hmm. conflicted. And he says, I don't ever want to use it again. And Elias says, you'll use it. And tries to throw it in the pool. Elias stops him and he said, you'll use it, boy. And as long as you hate using it, you'll use it more wisely than most men would. Mm-hmm. Wait, if you ever don't hate it any longer, then it will be the time to throw it as far as you can and run the other way. And I was very conflicted about which tab to put this under because that reek of foreshadowing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So I... Yeah. I guess I got the same vibe. Heavy for sure. heart for, for Perrin little bit i also find it interesting that he had just spent the time with the tinkers uh like basically not like showing off his axe but like holding on to it for yeah he dear was life, very proud basically. of it he right? was very much like you cannot go through life without having to be violent and then here he's like oh get this thing away from me i don't want it yeah well that's the parent conflict and then i mean I, again I have the section that i i flagged as as taylor being a little bit right which was Perrin asking or Egwene asking Perrin to dance with him <laughs> or when she, they get home if they ever get home oh cute and I was like <laughs> yeah I get the vibes now <laughs> <laughs> so sweet Aww. 
So they managed to make it into a steading, which is normally an Ogier home, but this yeah. one happens to be abandoned. Uh, you can't channel in steadings. So Elaine, or Elaine, Egwene says she feels some sort of sense of loss here, and that's basically her ability to channel is being like hidden from her while they're in there. And Shadow Spawn don't go in them. So just kind of a safe haven. Perrin's awareness of the wolves continuously growing, along with his like contempt for it. And again, I wrote down, absolutely can't relate. If I had magic wolf powers, I would be living in the woods, never to be seen again. <laughs> I just, so at this point, it's like, okay, so he's scared that it's attached to the like the, the, the one power, the one power, right? Which he's been told multiple times it's not. The one power doesn't work in this area. So the fact that it didn't go away, like, yeah. is that not clue number one, my dude? <laughs> Ooh, Hello. <yeah. laughs> That's a very in-your-face point right there. But no, he's going to be- I believe Elias even says said. it to him that it's not- Anything to do with one power. Everyone says it to yeah, him. Yeah, multiple Like, powers. everyone says it to him. Even people who are like, well, it can be more complicated than that. And it can be like a dark power. But it doesn't mean it's like a bad thing. Yeah. Because I believe Moraine says that to him. Yeah. Like, it can be a dark, like, it can be a dark thing, but it's not a one, like, it's not from the one power. It's, it's like, older than that. Yeah. Perrin and Egwene are forced to hide as white cloaks enter the setting because even though Shadowspawn can't get in, bad people can still get in the settings. The wolves attack them, and Perrin ends up killing a white cloak in retaliation for killing Hopper the wolf, which- Two white cloaks. Two white cloaks. Oh, I didn't realize there was two. Yeah, it's two. That's funny. I read that twice. Yeah. I only remember that because they mention it incessantly when he's like talking to the white cloak. He like, goes into sort of like a trance, and he kills these white cloaks, too. Like He doesn't realize he's, oh, he's done it wolf. until after. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely a wolf. wolf. And honestly, they killed a yeah. wolf, so- Fight back, Perrin. Yeah, yeah, Good it's for you. fair. <laughs> I was really R.I.P. Hopper. R.I.P. Hopper. Yeah. I well, one, I I couldn't help but think that Alex was going to be really sad about. Him. I was very sad about Hopper, <laughs> but I was also quite sad. I got more sad when like we catch back up with them in the next section, mm-hmm. which is uh, we find out. And this is we haven't talked about it yet, but I'm just going to get out of the way that Hopper has been turned into a a, a rug. Sad Hopper. <laughs> That they skinned so him really well, and so he would make uh, it such a nice rug. And I was like, these jerks. Yeah, awful. Yeah, really. They're just like, oh yeah, we skinned that wolf. Like, okay. Unnecessary. Okay. No, thank you. Come on. Perrin wakes up as a prisoner with Egwene. Bornhald, um, I think they call him Lord Captain Bornhald, decides Perrin will be executed for killing two white cloaks um, and child buyer, which... They call like the title of all the other white cloaks is child because they're called children of the light. Awful. Hate that. Child buyer wants to just get them the hell out of here. He is quite sadistic and creepy. He seems like sociopathic to me. Like he's not showing emotion. Like it's mentioned a few times. Parents like he's not like doing this for like in the throes of passion or anything. Like he's just kicking my ribs until they're bruised because that's what he thinks he should do to a dark friend yeah, he he has no no emotion he's awful. We, we, i don't like the white cloaks <laughs> in case you didn't notice none of the, nothing they've done so far has made them want me to like well made me want to like them but definitely white cloaks are not in the great good books rand and matt are continuing to travel along matt getting progressively more pissy pants and paranoid <laughs> They realize they can use the training from Tom to pay their ways they travel, which ends up being like kind of a great thing for them for a little bit here where they're just like playing in, in inns and they're, they're making some money and they're they're getting rooms finally, which is great uh, until they reach. I thought that was like I thought that was like weirdly cute, like that they yeah. were just like Matt's juggling his... and, and Rand's Tom's playing the flute. memory alive, right? Not just... dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> not dead. And then all all comes crashing down when they reach the four kings. I will say there's a moment they go to a farmhouse and they're like in the little farmhouse and then the daughter like has a huge crush on Rand. And here we are again. Perrin would know how to handle this. He'd make some offhand comment and pretty soon she'd be laughing at his jokes instead of mooning around where her father can see. Which is funny because I feel like that's what Matt would do. But he yeah. just assumes Perrin. Hilarious. He's like Perrin is actually the best. <laughs> Maybe he should just date Perrin, like, mm. clearly. <laughs> Listen, if I knew there was, <gasps> like, pe- oh. like long-term <laughs> gay relationships in this, oh, the ships I would have would be <laughs> off Please tell us. Yeah. Like, oh. oh, Perrin is so romantic. He'd know what to do Perrin in this situation. And Rand. Oh. Adorable. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> love it. Big, gentle blacksmith and his red-headed dragon sword boy. <laughs> Because Rand's the dragon. (laughs) He's not the dragon. I don't believe it. (laughs) Maybe if they were together, they would be the dragon (laughs) together. It would be beautiful. I would love that for them. I would love that for them. That sounds not right. (laughs) (laughs) So they reach the four kings, and there's only one in without entertainment. The vibe is very sus, but these boys need a place to stay. Matt is not staying I out on the rain. I will say, cue my least favorite thing, which is um, world building by assaulting women. Yeah, not great. Not great vibe in the the inn. I can't remember what they call it. Um, the dancing cart man. Yeah. yeah. This was a stressful little bit in the story. It was bad vibes the whole way through. I didn't tag anything in this section. I think I was also very stressed. Like, I was... I was because I, I remember it vividly and mm. I thought I would have tagged something about it but but I agree with you like it's just like oh how can we make this place feel bad let's just have the innkeeper hit his like serving well women. also That's good. it was mentioned multiple times that the men in the tavern were more interested in feeling up the women yeah and I was just like I understand like we're not promoting this we're not saying it's a good thing I get it yeah, but there's nothing else that gives it a shady vibe. Like nothing else that no. you can think of. Like you have to mention this way. multiple times, yeah, so that we know it's a shady place. Not awesome. Definitely not awesome. Uh, and clearly not awesome considering their room that they get, like basically for the night because it's raining out. Is just like a storeroom that they get locked in. And well, I mean, before that, they're like very like Rand's like we're getting robbed yeah. tonight. Like, this like, is very uncomfortable. <laughs> like I want to leave, and Matt was like, no. <laughs> No. Matt makes the greatest decision. I'm not sleeping in the rain. Yeah, Matt Matt not wanting to sleep in the rain. Okay. Sure. This decision literally blinds him. not wanting to be uh, robbed and potentially killed in the middle of the night. One of these things is more important. (laughs) Sleeping in the rain would suck. Anyways, they get locked in the storeroom. Rand. (laughs) Alex is like. Go ahead. (laughs) Rand even like mentions like as a thought. He has never realized before what a good trap an inn made. Yeah. And how, like, that was- now that they're in it and performing, like, they can't leave without the crowd alerting the innkeeper and the, I forget their names, like, Strom and something. And there's the, the, the merchant bodyguard point, guys. right? The merchant that's sitting in there yeah, watching Yeah, and them. Goad, the creepy yeah, little creepy dude. merchant dark friend. Spoiler. And in the end, like, their room is literally just a storeroom where they get locked in and there's no light. So could have just left immediately. There's a window with bars on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. they can't get out of well, the window. Like, it's, they're in there and they they're obviously... They're literally, like, locking the door with, like, hatchets yeah. underneath the door frame, like, jamming it shut. <laughs> and they don't want to sleep anyways because they know something bad's going to happen. So in the end, maybe they should have just kept going. And this yep. wouldn't have happened. <laughs> So they get locked in the storeroom. A dark friend tries to like 
convert them basically and tries to break in and then lightning strikes this one's part is unclear like it strikes the building or does it strike the door I understood it as it struck the bars on the window. Okay. But then I think it even says, I was looking right at the window when it hit the bars. Lightning, I can't see worth. And that's Matt because he's been essentially blinded by this lightning. Right. Because then, cause then when they get out the door, like the um, dark friend is killed as well. I so- think, don't they? Go out the window. I thought they went out the window. Oh, maybe Am they I do go out the window. That? Okay. Because he doesn't want to go investigate the bodies. He's like, I don't trust that they're dead. Right. Yeah. I think they're yeah. dead, but I don't trust it. They they crawl out of, but, like, it's like, it's like broken open a gaping hole in the wall. Right. And they so crawl they out, out of that. that. Okay. So lightning. Like, thank the light. The lamp is okay. <laughs> the lamp is okay. They, he made them leave a lamp and he, it seemed the most important thing in the world was making sure it did not break. <laughs> So wow! So thank goodness the lamp yeah. is fine. The lamp is saved. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though the lightning saved them basically from the dudes and like gets them out, Matt is also blinded by it. Um, but they run off into the darkness basically. And dark friends just continuously keep finding these boys like basically the whole rest of the way to Caitlin. I wonder what they could be following. <laughs> <laughs> Rand gets sick again. They hitch a ride to Camelin with uh, like farmers that are wanting to go see the false dragon. Seems so fun. Love that. I, I will say there um, was one part. I think this is this was when my heart kind of opened a little bit to Matt. And it was hard to keep your heart close to him when he was like blind. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> poor sad Matt. <laughs> yeah. He says because he can't. They're like trying to get through the rain and like Matt's like falling behind. And Matt literally says, Rand, you won't leave me, will you? If I can't keep up, his voice quavered. And I was like, this poor child is so traumatized. <laughs> Poor Matt. Like, he's like my friend, like my best friend is going to just leave me behind because I can't leave me, Rand. <laughs> I was like, Rand's obviously not going to leave you. He can't even believe that he left a queen. <laughs> um, with Rand getting sick and Moraine and Nynaeve's conversation about, oh, you use your power, then you get sick mm-hmm. and the lightning striking and Min seeing lightning going to and coming from rand we're safe to assume that was his lightning strike i do believe she saw lightning around all of them yeah i think it was like i seem to remember because it was almost like the sparks that connected them yeah i assumed it had something to do with him based on the position it struck because it was so perfect for them to get out of that situation saved them min's quote for rand says most of all, I see lightning around you, some striking at you, some coming out of you. Mm. All right. Okay. Random lightning. Random lightning. So I think that was from him. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that was my vibe as well. Yeah. I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't think about the sickness. I just thought about the fact that he was like, wow, it would be really cool if we could get out of this room. <laughs> and then they did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we can get out of this room. <laughs> In the like last town before Camelon, basically they see another fade looking for them, um, and they catch a ride with a farmer who also happened to hear the conversation and hear what the fade was talking about. Like he asks the innkeeper, and like it's very clearly the boys that he's talking about, but yeah. he lets them ride with him anyways. So we love this farmer. He's he's helping them out, and he very much loves to talk about Andorran royalty too. So we get some good world building facts from. From uh, I can't remember what his name is. Convenient. Yeah, convenient because that may or may not be important in the next few chapters. (laughs) Some of the things he said reminded me of what Tam was saying 
while he was like in that trollic fever getting pulled said something i think about the dragon wall and was it the tree of life is that mentioned there Avendisora. yeah he mentions the tree chopped down and black veiled ale coming over the dragon wall and tam says something about Aiel. about something coming over the dragon wall and he's talking about Avendisora, the tree All so right. maybe tam was there because he was a warder in my theories. Read and find out. <laughs> uh, Matt keeps getting worse and worse. Like, I wonder what could possibly be causing Matt to be a grumpy, irritable asshole here. <laughs> Who knows? Hmm. Maybe it was the dagger he was warned about taking. I don't know. Who knows? Could be. Oh, something what that was thought? from a cursed place by a soul-sucking creature. What an idea. Random Matt, uh, they arrive in Camelin and find the inn that Tom recommended. Uh, turned out, turns out Tom used to be close to Queen Morgay's as a court bard, or more, wink wink, <laughs> and wraps his sword in red. He doesn't know this um, at the time, but basically it means he supports the queen. And wrapping your sword in white um, would mean that you believe the queen's connection to the Aes Sedai is the reason, like, the crops aren't happening and winter's still around and that kind of thing. So Rand unknowingly becomes a, a good queen's man. Because it's cheaper. Yes, because it's cheaper. It's cheaper <laughs> to support the queen. Probably because they're selling more of the white. Yes. So they want to jack up those prices. Um, And is it Basil Gill is the the innkeeper there? He just helps them out. Just, just giving them free I room. I will say, okay, so free Rand food. gives Matt shit. For not being able to keep this stuff a secret. And within the progress of like two chapters, he reveals to two different people exactly what has happened to him. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, that yeah. is the pot calling the kettle black situation here, dude. <laughs> like it turns out well for Bean him. Bean spilled. And I, I, I get that like these are people that are like actually helpful, at least at this moment in time. But... It's he like, doesn't know them. Stranger he danger. He doesn't know them. He doesn't know for sure. Like, it's like, you're Tom's friend? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what this Let me tell you my story. <laughs> Matt basically goes up to his room and refuses to leave. He, yeah. is, he is absolutely not big having depression. it anymore. He's <laughs> a big, big depression for Matt. And I actually, I wrote down that he was traumatized. Yes. I, I, I wrote, I didn't really think. I like I knew the dagger was gonna cause problems, but I didn't. Well, I wrote it. I wrote it in succession, by the way. So I so wrote Matt is traumatized. Get rid of dagger. <laughs> but I wrote stressy depressy. Stressy depressy. <laughs> Look, a lot has happened to Matt. <laughs> he doesn't like being followed around. He's not having a good time. It was all fun and games until he got split up from the crew. I mean, yeah. I would be paranoid if I was being hunted, too. Yeah, his his reasoning wasn't exactly that far off. Like, when he was like, I am just mad that I'm being hunted, I was like, you know what? Probably wouldn't put me in the best of moods. Yeah, I wouldn't be thrilled about it either. But I also, like, maybe wouldn't be such a jerk about it. <laughs> it's true. And His emotions are definitely high. Yes, very much so. Rand meets an ogier named Loyal in, uh, you guessed it, Yay. the library. I love Loyal. 
I love him so much. <laughs> Loyal mistakes Ma- uh, Rand for an Aielman and then notes him as Taviran, one who the pattern bends around. And I just love the explanation that Loyal gives for Taviran. It's it's a very cool, like, I don't know, world building mm-hmm. aspect to like the magic and the way that the, the wheel weaves. I like that it's described as like a web. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of mental picture helped me a bit there um loyal you mentioned to us um that we would meet in ogier in our like intro episode i definitely thought that was coming when we entered a steading that was you know an ogier's home i was like oh we're gonna meet him not expecting an inn's library yeah. for him to just be listen hanging out loyal in. is hasty and and he <laughs> has left his steading he is a hasty young Ogier, <laughs> a young 90, 90 years old. He's <laughs> a child. Yeah, he's just a little baby. And he is never without a book. He... There are plenty of times where it Rand notes that Loyal has his pockets full of books because he's always got to have a book with him, which feel I feel that. <laughs> and how dare Rand say that he can't come along with him? I understand the logistics of having a 10 foot tall creature i am picturing like where the wild things are yeah i feel that. that's what i'm picturing yeah. for this but he is so cute and sweet and rand's just like no you can't shut up rand don't say that to <laughs> him up. he's a precious you hurt loyal <laughs> <sighs> made me very upset yeah next up we have Perrin and Egwene finally getting rescued i say finally but like it was literally two chapters they were with the the yeah, white but cloaks we had here to follow rand and matt yeah. for a couple I remember that I was being kind of upset so about that. much longer in the first time I read it. Um, the second time it, it didn't, felt long. Yeah, the second time I didn't read as, it felt long as slow. But I definitely remember the first time reading that. I was like, "Holy crap! <laughs> when are these like, two going to take get me back? Here? <laughs> Where is Egwene? Take me back to cool Egwene yeah. and Wolfy Perrin. Exactly. Like, why am I going through villages? I don't care. Nynaeve is helping out by slipping in, stealing some horses. And Lan kind of creeping out looking for them. And Moraine's getting ready to rain down lightning on his yeah, white cloaks. I will say I had one thing. I had a couple things. So I, I can I can skip a couple. But she, <laughs> this is more of an aside. <laughs> but I have to mention it because it's really funny. So she's like, Nynaeve is like going to like, like cut the horses like semi-free so that they can break free on their own. And she's watching the the children of the whatever. And they're they're walking in a like pat like the exact same pattern. So each time they took the exact same the exactly the same count, and each time they rigidly repeated the same formula, not a word more or less. Neither so much glanced to one side. They stared straight ahead as they marched and then marched away. She wondered if they would have noticed her even if she had been standing up. And all I could think of was any time in a video game when you're like trying to sneak past someone and the guards are like doing a pattern and all you have to do is not get too close to them and they won't see you and i was like this is giving npc vibes <laughs> the white cloaks are just npcs yeah, and i was like absolutely i was just chuckling so inappropriately at that part because i was like i just i don't know i just loved it truly though what the like the worst guards ever yeah. they do the exact same thing can you imagine having to count your steps every time to make sure you're taking it? you would spend so much time 
counting your steps, making sure you're saying the exact same thing to the people. Why are you there? Like, you're not looking or watching for anything. (laughs) Literally the dumbest guards. I don't know if you're going to get to this part, but uh, Nynaeve kind of goes off script. Yeah. Uh, And and then there was just this beautiful line where she finds Bella. So she knows who they're about to rescue because they don't actually know. Yeah, they don't which, know if Egwene is there or not. Like they and know not that, even sure which boy. The, they know that someone's there, but yeah. they don't know who. Um, and she finds Belle and she's like, oh my god, Egwene's here. Amazing. I miss her. We're so happy. Uh, and she jumps up on to Bella and it says the mare ran and the other was more than happy to follow anywhere so long as they could run, so long as they could escape the fire from the sky that killed the knight. And I was like, Ooh, that's a good line. That is a good line. That is a good line. That is a good line. Fire from the sky that killed the night. I like that. Yeah. I actually think I remember one. Got goosebumps when you said that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> like I read it and then I like read it again. I was like, this is so beautiful. Um, I'm glad Nynaeve goes off off script here because they do need the horses to get yeah, away. Yeah, you know, no, she's it's, smart. It's good thinking on Nynaeve's part. A wolf tells Perrin mm-hmm. basically the help is coming and Lan beats up some guards. Sword daddy Lan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about how buyer like child buyer tosses this like rock and is like oh you guys are slowing us down yeah so if you escaped we wouldn't have this problem how did you take this like do you think Uh, he really wants them to escape or was he wanting them to escape so he could kill them that's what i took it as trap yeah Yeah. absolute trap i was like as soon as they go and cut the ropes he's gonna be like they're escaping yeah dead yeah no i yeah i was like I'm so glad Moraine's here because you guys are <laughs> so screwed. Childfire is not the vibe. The white cloaks are not the vibe. Let's be real. Yeah, no. So as they're escaping in this whole situation, Perrin's eyes turn yellow completely, just like a wolf's. Uh, but they do manage to escape up the hill Love to that for him, Moraine. Honestly. Yeah, we like it. We, we're forcing you to accept this. <laughs> yeah, please. You have wolf eyes now. Uh, you are a wolf brother. And then he's kind of like- we uh, have. Nynaeve is like, oh my gosh, you must have like yellow fever or something, but she's like confused and Maureen kind of explains what it might be. And then it turns out that Elias was a warder once um, and Lan knew him. We're not going to talk about my favorite section. Oh, your favorite We're section. We're not going to talk about uh, Nynaeve not coming back <laughs> and Lan. And Lan getting a little stressed. <laughs> stressed Lan. Nynaeve has not returned. I fear that young woman has done something foolish. That's Maureen. Lan spun on his heel as if to return the way they had come, but a single whip crack word from Moraine halted him. No. And I was like, this poor man. He was ready. He was ready to find her. We also get, like, what does she call him there? I don't know if you can read it out. She mentions his oaths. Remember your oath. You would give this to me. Al Lan Mandragoran. Mandragoran. Mandragoran, a lord of the seven towers. What of the oath of the diademed battle? When diadem battle lord of the Melchieri. Melchieri, yeah. Perrin blinked. Land was all of that. Like Perrin's like, whoa. <laughs> I did call him Aragorn. I, I was I? a little bit like I had to read that actually twice because they were like, oh, like it was like Perrin blinked. Land was all of that, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm still swooning, so <laughs> I needed to. Land was ready. He was gonna go back and save I her. Was- I was and cheering. Moraine is that. just Moraine is like there are more important things. Like you know, some things are more important than others. I know, and but I love that like, she had to check him. 
I love it. Like, he was ready to give up his oaths for this woman. I love it. He was ready. And then she just, like, comes out with two horses. And she's like, actually, I'm (laughs) totally fine. (laughs) Once again, just worried about a woman. She's like, oh, you needed horses? I have two. Here we are. (laughs) We also know that Elias is safe, according to Dapple. Yes. Through Perrin. Because we didn't really know what happened to him. You know, say what you want about Robert Jordan. He really makes sure we know when people are safe. Yeah, yeah, by not showing their body. (laughs) By not showing their body. I mean, I just also, there was a note that I had, and it was that the innkeeper to Rand and Matt, they were like, oh my god, he died. Yeah, no, it's so sad. And he was like, no body? No, I don't believe it. Like, Tom's fine. Yeah, we do get a little bit of insight on what a wolf brother might be as well from uh, Lan and Maureen here. And Maureen says it doesn't necessarily mean it's dark, like... Yeah. Doesn't mean mean you're a dark friend, basically. Back in Camelin, Rand really wants to go see the false dragon because he bored. <laughs> he wants something to do. Loyal won't go with him. Matt's still hanging out in his room. Again, Rand is so quick to be like, Matt is so dumb. He has the worst plans. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And what do you do? None this whole situation time? with Rand is, is a lot. So he gets to like a good spot where he's like totally going to see. And then there's like some creepy beggar dude who he had heard about previously basically chases him away from the main road. He's like, I do not want to talk to that dude. That is bad vibes. And- this guy gave me Pad and Fane vibes. All right. Like the peddler. And then like we saw him in Berlon and he was all sketchy and whatever. And Rand told him where they were going. Like he the smartest boy. He just blurted everything out. Again, um, Rand. So it problem. doesn't I don't know if Rand like got a good look at this guy or not, but I felt like maybe there's a chance. Taylor, I love being... reading this book with you because you're like, remember that one time <laughs> when Rand and Alex is like idiot. irrelevant, doesn't matter. <laughs> I do love, um, like, there is no room on these streets. Like, even the white cloaks can't get space. But this peddler is so, like, he smells so bad, basically, that people are giving him space. They do not want to be near him. Uh, And Rand's, like, fighting through the crowd. And he's like, I know that they're giving him a a way through because no one wants to stand in front of him. Basically. And then I wrote in my notes. So Rand runs away from this beggar. He just climbs up a wall for a better view and much like Humpty Dumpty has a great fall (laughs) to the garden. (laughs) Turns out he literally just fell into the palace gardens. No idea where he is. No idea what's going on. Anyways, this is very Taviran of him. He he falls right into the gardens where he meets the daughter heir, Elaine, and her hot brother, Gowan. (laughs) Her hot brother. He, Elaine is... As pretty as Egwin, Egwene, there you go. Just a different shade. Yes, is basically what Rand is saying. And Elaine's like, wow, she's really pretty, like Egwene, but blonde. Yeah, (laughs) strawberry blonde. I love Elaine. She just shows up and is just like ordering people around. She patches his head up. She's like, don't you move. Let me fix you up. No real stranger danger for Elaine. Um, This man did just fall into her garden. I mean, also garden. then like Rand's telling her about two rivers and her brother. Gawain. Gawain. Gawain is like, Elaine ought to choose her husband from there. Look at There's a big red flag. It's a big <laughs> red <laughs> flag. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even read that part. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, she shows off her her queen skills and confidence by ordering everyone around. They're discovered by her even hotter half brother, Gilad, <laughs> who Rand even notes is like 
very good looking. <laughs> uh, Elaine has some hot brothers here. And he basically turns around over to the guards to be taken to Queen Morgay's because he can't break a rule to save a life. But he is tall, so we'll let it slide. <laughs> He's tall, Pass. so we'll let it go. <laughs> Rand gets taken in to be interrogated by Queen Morgays, her Aes Sedai advisor Elida, and Captain of the Guard Gareth Bryn, who's also hot, but more like like Dilf or Gilf vibe here, because he's he's older. <laughs> I can't remember if Rand calls him handsome, but he is hot. <laughs> and uh, I think he calls him like blocky. Blocky? Yeah. I feel like I don't know why that word's coming back. I feel like that's <laughs> how he describes him. I love it. Uh, the Camelon monarch history is, is kind of interesting. So it's like always a queen, I believe. And so the the first daughter is like the heir. And then the first brother becomes like her first sword or her protector. I can't remember what he called it. First prince of the sword, maybe. She goes off to Tarvalon to train. It's been like this for 3,000 years. And he goes off to train um, with the warders. Doesn't necessarily mean he becomes a warder, but he trains with the warders there in uh, Tarvalon. Yes? He is called Blocky. Blocky, all right. A bluff, blocky man stood bareheaded by the queen. Uh, and then he also, and then he's also described as his his temples were heavy with gray, but he looks strong, as strong and immovable as a rock, which I think is why he's described as blocky. Yeah, blocky and rocky. <laughs> I mean, Lan is also as uh, stony faced as a rock as well. So yeah, there's a lot of rock men. <laughs> yes, a lot of hard men. Men are rocks. <laughs> We get a prediction from Elida, a foretelling. Yeah. We get a little taste of, of a different Aes Sedai here. Yeah, she's fun. Which I don't like her. Yeah, bad, <laughs> bad vibes for Elida. She really doesn't believe yeah. Rand. And she only mentions a certain part of that foretelling to him. Yeah. Basically saying, like, he's going to be the center of bad things. Just a great a great foretelling to have. Like, hey, you, there's some good, bad, bad things are going to happen around you, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, this one is dangerous. She is having none of Rand's story that he just happened to fall into the gardens. But Morghese is, is like, you know what? It's fine. Just let him go. Yeah. Which is very, again, to veer end of Rand. <laughs> just has this whole experience. And even like when he gets back, the everyone's like, stop lying. Yeah, everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is not, you this did not happen. Queen. Stop it. We There's have no way. things to talk about. Yeah. Um, when he's at the gates leaving and he's like saying bye to Gowan, Gowan also tells Rand that he looks like an ailman. Aeel. Ailman? Aeel. Aeel. That was really that funny. Rand looks like that an ailman. Aeel, ail, ail, ail. That was great. <laughs> um, I mean, Elaine also says that's... that if she told her mother how handsome he was, she certainly would have locked you in a cell. <laughs> So everyone's really hot. Uh, <laughs> been a lot of hot people in this story. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> yeah. So Rand tells. But that's that's now two people. A second. Second Aiel reference. Second or third Aiel. We so, got Loyal and then uh, Gowan here. Patching together. All right. Yeah. Rand tells Loyal and the innkeeper about his adventures, but they are very much they don't really believe him. I, yep. I think eventually he convinces them, but at first they don't believe him. And then finally we have the crew back together. Moraine shows up. Rand gets so excited. He's so oh, happy to see I was, I was actually like, I was like, oh, I like Rand again. He's such a, he's yeah. just like a little kid. He's like, yay, everybody's here. And Matt's really sick. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on with him. But then he's like, he's like, I knew it. I knew but he's not dead. really sick. Yeah. yeah he, he's Matt's, he's mostly Matt's sick, but like not really sick. But <laughs> mental illness is an illness, Rand. <laughs> God. He yeah. is not okay. Yeah, Matt also, is, is okay, not having I a just, time. I just want to say this. So they go upstairs, right? And like Maureen's like, 
they're like, let me look at him. And Nynaeve's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And then Moraine's like, get away. Oh my God, everybody get away from him. Also, I told you to tell me <laughs> if you took anything. Like she's, she's, she knows, <laughs> she knows. And I just want to praise her for a second because she has been tasked with keeping alive these three boys. And I personally commend her for not strangling them because, oh my gosh. They could use it, honestly. Because then in the next two pages, they also admit to her finally they've been having nightmares. that they've been having nightmares. And she's like, like, eye twitching. Cool. I did tell you to tell me. Yeah. But it's fine. She also says the dagger's probably why they had dark friends chasing them everywhere yes. and why they were able to find them. So again, Matt. I keep wanting to say Matthew. It's Matrim. <laughs> close enough <laughs> close enough yeah uh, literally just carrying this like magnet for dark friends around yeah good boy matt way to go don't touch that damn it matt he oh. so maureen heals him sort of she basically like oh, contains yeah. the sickness but the only way he's gonna get healed completely is is to go to tarvalin because that she is like not powerful enough even with the angry elves she has um yeah so matt comes back down and he's he's okay he feels better he doesn't really remember what happened the last little bit but he's not fully okay for sure i love his he's like hey sorry i don't really remember <laughs> Hope um, I was okay. Like, hope you guys heard I was kind of a problem. <laughs> Sorry. Oopsie. <laughs> and then it's Nynaeve who was like, of course we forgive you. Yeah. Like, of course it's fine. I was like, what? You weren't here. <laughs> Two. He didn't just try to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Rand introduces everyone to Loyal, and then Loyal asks Maureen about a story he heard that happens to include the same kind of prophecy that Perrin and Egwene heard. So this is where it comes back up, where we right. hear about the Eye of the World and so whatever else I think this is also why I didn't flag it, because I was reading this section very quickly. There you go. Because there was two people waiting to record a podcast with me. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do it. And then Maureen asks if there's any way that Loyal can lead them to Faldara through the ways. And Loyal is very not happy about going through the ways. The ways do not seem ominous at all. <laughs> and then finally, like you said, we tell Maureen about the dreams. You know, maybe we should have altered that sooner, but whatever. <laughs> I just like, I feel like the the boys are like, oh my God, this Aes Sedai, she's so evil. She's so mean. And I'm like, I don't know how she has as much patience. Yeah, she literally just healed you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, she, maybe? Like, one of the first things she said, too, was like, hey, tell me if you have any weird dreams. Like, I need to know about those. And they were like, cool. Should we tell her? <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> no. And then they get separated from her. And all of them, the only thing they can think is, well, she'll find us. Yeah. We hate her, but she'll find she'll us help and save us. us. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They only like her when she's away and then yeah. they don't want her around. So this is when the plan kind of changes from going to Tarvalin to the Eye of the World because um, Maureen doesn't think it's a coincidence that basically everybody has heard this term, the Eye of the World, and Loyal happens to be asking about the story and Perrin also heard it and that kind of thing. So going to Tarvalin is very important, but clearly not as important in this moment as going to the Eye and making sure whatever Sightblinder or the Dark One wants to do to the Eye, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And she's basically hoping that if she brings all three Taviran to the Eye of the World, that something good will happen and we can get the Dark One away from the Eye of the World. And I'm sure in a 15 book series that only good things will happen when we get there. <laughs> yes, naturally. Um, and then I am <laughs> kind of sad because I've been waiting to get to Tarvalon. I want to see the Aes Sedai. Well, you Listen. know what they say about things that are worth the wait. <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry. Just read and find <sighs> out. There's 14 books, Taylor. 15. Yeah, but we're 
paced out. I can't just like read and find out. I got to like read and then wait a bit and then <laughs> read and then wait a bit. Hmm. I just, just want to see the magic ladies. Yeah. I'm excited about ladies. it. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be. So in the, I, I know I keep talking about the Witcher, but I feel like there, there's actually a lot of connections between this and the Witcher. But the Witcher has like essentially a conclave of witches um, and they have like meeting places and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Like it is scary and not fun and horrible and i feel like that's the vibe i'm getting like uh, this is not going to be i'm kind of not excited to go there <laughs> nervous, nervous to see what it's like <laughs> i feel like things are not awesome not as there. they seem although we know elaine is going there yes which is very interesting so she's coming back up also speaking of elaine um Egwene just found out that basically they all might die and like the only way to leave here is going through this extremely dangerous uh pathway but she goes up to rand and asks him who elaine is (laughs) who is elaine for a minute twice i have it takes that's why i'm reading it so fast uh he stared at her and then told the simple truth she's the daughter heir to the throne of andor her eyes seem to catch fire if you can't be serious for more than a minute rand (laughs) i don't want to talk to you (laughs) and i wrote this is big, like, man writing woman, except I also might have asked you. <laughs> so maybe it's not but like, big. I, but also there's something really fascinating, and this is why I don't buy that. Uh, like, I know, Taylor, you were talking about how you were like, no, like, her and Randall, it's just not going to happen. Like, I just, I feel like it has to happen in some way because she was immediately like, wait. No. <laughs> wait. Who's that? I- I said I I would give them a kiss. Yeah, but I, I it's got to be more. It's got to be more. I just I I, I I still think it. Yeah. All right. You were gonna say I something, know. but really, they have this whole like lovey dovey thing going on, and like what you think she's dead for like what was it a week or two, and now there's already Elaine. Who's Elaine? Excuse me. <laughs> That's where I think Egwene's coming from. Egwene. God. All right. Too many E names in this series. There's a lot of them. <laughs> We've already got two here. Two big ones. Loyal explains to the group why the ways are, are big, big bad. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's either go through them and potentially it's die or the... get caught on the road and very much die. So it's either the ways or the highway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop. <laughs> This is this is the second time we've had. Oh, I really don't want to go to this dark, awful, scary place. We have no other choice. We will die if we don't. Wonder yeah. what will happen. <laughs> and uh, you kind of get an insight onto what the scary. ways are here a little bit, and um, yeah, like they why they're fun. so bad. And basically, there's something in there. Another smoke monster. Basically, this one's called Manchin Chin, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, or the black wind which can only mean good things uh but yeah it basically eats your soul so the ways sound fun so shadar logoth but a path way is what we're what we're doing here and then that night rand has another dream and in this one they see like three figures of the three boys and it turns out balzaman has finally like found out who he is which is a little unclear to me here because i kind of assumed he knew who they were in the other dream like i didn't I don't know. I read this and I was like, I don't really get why this one is. So what I got was that there was difference. Like the vibe I got without knowing anything about like where it's going was that there was different marks on each in terms of like their power. And Matt revealed which power he was because he grabbed the dick. Right. Because he picked up his own little figurine because he can't help touching things. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. God, just leave it. (laughs) Like it's it's not gonna hurt you if you leave it. It will hurt you if you touch it. 
stop. And it did say in a previous dream that like Rand was looking in the mirror, but like he was blurry yeah, right. in the mirror. That's true. So it was like so what it I was, was like Balsamon couldn't quite tell. Yeah, like he knows that the three of them who? are the three of them, but he doesn't know like, who like who? spiritually or like magically or mystically what they are because he doesn't know which one is the dragon. And so he doesn't know what their powers hold. Yeah. So that's what I got from that. But also Moraine was like kind of weirdly calm about it. Yeah, well, and then like, because he's been in Perrin's dreams where there's been a wolf. So like, I kind of was like, well, he pretty knows who Perrin is because they killed a wolf right in front of him. So, you know, just the, the explanation was like a little bit confusing to me there. I very, it very much though felt like the moment where um, I'm never going to forgive myself for not remembering. Uh, Pippin grabs the, yeah, where he grabs the, like, and again, I forget what it's called, but like oh, the gosh, orb Oh gosh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, the orb, yeah. And communicates essentially with um Sauron. Yeah. And it was very like that vibe of Matt being like, I did right, like something his bad. Eye, like, his eye has turned upon you, basically. <laughs> like, I, he saw me. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I'm also kind of trusting that maybe this will be a little bit more explained of like why he felt so exposed in that moment. Yeah. But I definitely think he revealed more than maybe they realize. And Rand comes out with another like wound, which Moraine like instantly heals. But coming out. And she seems way more upset about that. Coming out of a dream where like you've been hurt and you come out with that hurt on your hand. Terrifying. Absolutely not. Again. No. Would never sleep. No, thank you. You. I would. I don't. I don't think I could handle that. That's terrible. I have some Terrifying. some vivid, scary dreams yeah, that linger. Big, big no for me. If there was a physical, I've put my hair in a ponytail in my sleep once. <laughs> Fun fact. Have you ever like taken your shirt off when you sleep? Sounds crazy. You know, like sometimes that happens. Have you ever like woken up? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's happening. What are you before. guys yeah. doing in your sleep? Or like you wake up with like scratches <laughs> on your leg, but like it might be your cat. Have you ever heard what's it called? But I feel there's something like when you wake up and you have like scratches on your leg. It's like some sort. Of, it's like a demon. <laughs> oh. I've chipped my tooth in my sleep. That's scary. and like was dreaming I was choking on my tooth, and it was because there were pieces of tooth in my mouth. You guys, are you are you guys okay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someone's gonna comment on this. We're just we might be the dragon. Maybe this is this is balls <laughs> on meeting us. <laughs> we only if we're no, together. I think, I think this is you thrashing violently. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Maureen... If we ever travel anywhere, I'm not sleeping in the same bed as Taylor. She's going <laughs> to crack my tooth in the middle of the night. Potentially. <laughs> I might, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moraine walks in and says time is short and it's not because they need to be out of yes. Berlin. I can't yeah. remember exactly what Rand says, but it's because time for them is short. <laughs> yes. And that is where we ended. Uh, but hey, now... So the only thing that I've written down that we like didn't talk about at all was, and it's in chapter 37, so I can look up like who's talking. They're, um, well, it's like Nynaeve and Maureen and land but moraine is essentially explaining that the dark one can learn how to touch the pattern um so that's fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like the dark one was sealed away in a prison right way back during the age of legends like yeah he was sealed away and then at one point and i don't know if i'm getting this history exactly correct so don't quote me on this. I can fact check later. Well, I am quoting you. You're, you're being recorded. <laughs> quote me on this, but I will fact check later to make sure this is correct. Anyways, Age of Legends, um, the like Forsaken or for some reason, some group of people decide to like bore into his prison to try and touch the Sounds power. Fun. And it's called the bore. And basically, this opens the dark one up to be able to touch the world again. So then the breaking, a group of uh, men, I said I go to the boar to seal it and that's like their goal in 
sealing that. They do seal him, but he's able to touch Sidene, which taints it and causes the men to go crazy and like starts the breaking of the world. But basically the seals that may be holding him in his prison are like potentially weakening, which is allowing, I keep saying Mm -hmm. him, the dark one. It's not like a, yeah, the dark one to like touch the pattern and pull at things potentially. Uh, At least that's like Maureen's theory here, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Which uh, doesn't seem like a good thing. Yeah. And (laughs) it was explained. I just, I just had it flagged as like something to pay attention to that there, there, I have a couple thoughts on this. So one stakes are getting real high, real fast. Just if he can manipulate the destiny of people, it just feels, feels a little bit like maybe, and this is actually a line from Perrin, like, like the whole hope being a string tossed to you in a river like it's not going to get you out on its own because mm-hmm. it's too small it just feels like a lot like that like instead of a string it's like a spider web like you're not like they're screwed mm-hmm. uh and you know it's book one yeah so that's concerning to me for two reasons one i'm concerned about how much he can keep up this level of state the intensity just yeah. as a reader like that wears down pretty fast when nothing bad happens which means if it lasts bad things are definitely going to happen and they have to have serious consequences mm-hmm. so we're in for a sad time potentially that's what i'm flagging it as as well Two, um like moraine's like like she's like oh hope is not all lost but like doesn't sound good <laughs> doesn't sound great moraine like i don't know i'm concerned yeah this is, is fictional i'm concerned yeah so i just yeah um so at this point when he was writing this originally he wanted to write a trilogy the whoever gave him the book deal was like <laughs> that's funny i'll give you a six book deal yeah <laughs> so at this point it's potentially six books long right and it does get extended after that um so which i am trying to keep in mind as i'm reading like i get it does get very intense though right like this is a the like first they, book he's and, like, definitely a building it very quickly so yeah those are my concerns like i mean for the characters as somebody immersed in the world but also as a reader who like really wants to have enjoyment and mm-hmm. like when you have that first book have the stakes so high i just wonder where it's gonna go mm-hmm. like he seems a little op already yeah um but I'm trusting the process as well. But I just, I did want to talk about it. I mean, there are times I think that Moraine seems a little OP, just like in some of the things that she does. So then maybe if we get more of the Aes Sedai, like she's, it does say she's from the blue Aja. I don't know how many are there? Seven. We haven't even met yet. Maybe meeting them will feel a little bit more balanced there. Yeah, it's just like, it's more, it's not even more like that they can't fight this thing it's more that you know i wonder how much more dangerous he can get and if he's not gonna get you know, it's just like one of those things where i'm just like or who we're even fighting yeah yeah it's just yeah i it, it, and it either ends up being that the story progresses in a way that is just so cool and i love it which is what i'm hoping for or i just it falls flat in some way which i also might think it does at times too like it's a 15 book series i think there's going to be times where i'm like wow that was dumb yeah there's definitely flat spots for Um, sure later on so yeah i totally i totally can see our eyes to die group potentially getting very powerful like especially even if Nynaeve and uh Egwene learn to control their powers in any fashion like mm-hmm. like moraine has said that they're both very they have a good and 
innate ability. Yeah, their potential is strong. So their potential is very strong. So, you know, like I I get where the power to fight it might come. It's just like how much more things can you put at risk yeah. is kind of where I start to ask. Um, we get more on like the different Ajahs like later on, um, not in this book, but in the next few books. But we've got blue, green, yellow, red, white, gray, and brown. So those are our seven Ajahs. Um, and when we get to a point, I can kind of give you an overview on what each of those roughly means. But some of it does get explained next book, um, particularly in book after that so you do get some insight there okay i'll be patient <laughs> um so i did I have... know where, where i would be yeah i, I feel that. i want to know which one i'd be i, I want to we'll get to a point where we can pick i believe i'm okay. brown but could be changing this read through so who knows okay so i want to play a little game with you guys it's called what the vibe <laughs> or at least that's what i'm calling it <laughs> it's your game it's your name this i love is, it this yeah, is the game i've come up with want. Yes, the, the options for you for what survive are called uh, queen moves, I'm uncomfy, and immediate no. Those are your options. Okay. And to help us out with this game or play it with us, <laughs> I brought in uh, a visitor. A visitor. Yes. Special my guest. My mother. <laughs> Maybe you're the Amarlin seat because I'm calling you mother. Yes. <laughs> she was visiting for the weekend and she has read the series twice, uh, so she knows the wheel of time fairly well and uh i just wanted to bring her on to the podcast so i know you said i know you said like oh help us out i mean just play it with us but i feel like help us out is the right answer here. yeah it might be <laughs> <laughs> guide us through this game. yes guide us through so just quickly uh mom Teresa, mother yeah. <laughs> what's your yeah what's your background with the wheel of time I know I just said you read it twice, but. So Alex's dad's mom, so Alex's grandma, (laughs) gave me this random book and I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then I started to read it and then I couldn't stop and I had to keep finding the books online over the year or whatever it was. Yeah. So, um. The yeah. book was called The Eye of the World, so that's oh. my copy. Yeah. <laughs> how long? That, like how long that ago was, was this? Like fifteen years ago. It was a oh, while. I do yeah. remember you reading this series. I remember you reading. I don't know if it was The Eye of the World, but I remember you reading the series because I specifically remember you telling me, "Oh yeah, the author died or something, and I don't know who's finishing it, but it must be like his son or something." Like I, I seem to remember you saying that it was like his kid or something finishing it. So I always kind of assumed that Brandon Sanderson like knew Robert. Jordan, but he actually didn't. So no. we found this out after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So it's she got me into the Wheel of Time kind of because that's how I had the book. So that was the first time you read it. And then the second time was that like a reread with when she started reading. Oh, it. that's what I was hoping for. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I started reading Wheel of Time, she was like, okay, well, I got to read it. Again. It's giving <laughs> the same vibes as me dragging my mother to painting class. <laughs> it took me like a year to read it, the, the series again. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I love you know, that. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's it a, a commitment for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fourteen books and then the prequel. I don't know if you, have you ever read the prequel, New Spring? Yeah, I did. I'm not a paper book reader, so I'm a big Libby user. So I have to wait for the libraries to make these books available. So I would like have them all lined up waiting <laughs> and it would be like, oh no, one came up, but it was the next one. It was the third one. I need to read the second one. So. That's why a lot of times it took me a long time because I'm cheap. <laughs> That's fair I enough. Mean, hey, it's That's a lot a of books to buy. High stress way of reading a huge series. Being like, mm, never know when I'm going to get the next one. So yeah, you 
started reading this book like that my grandma gave you way back and then like you were saying that you're a Libby user so Libby I don't know if depending on who listens I don't know if everything uses Libby but Libby is basically like an app that libraries use at least in Canada or maybe it's just no you're in BC so anyways in Canada (laughs) yeah it's Canada wide I actually think like I think it might be in parts of the states but don't quote me on that yes but you can reserve uh library books online so uh ebooks and audiobooks so that's how you're reading and i'm also really nerdy because now that i moved to the okanagan i have two library cards so i have a lower mainland library card and an okanagan one and you can swap in between them when you're signing out books so that's the dream two Ooh. library cards yeah so sometimes <laughs> if one's not available at one i'm assuming maybe yes the i go to the other one and then yeah that's how I- <laughs> I love that. I love that's great because sometimes my here, stuff. Yeah. sometimes here it's like I can't get the library book and then I just have to buy it or something because I'm irritated that I can't get it. So, well, I listened to you guys podcasting and I heard you talking about Fourth Wing. So I went on the library, a Libby app, and it randomly happened to be an audio book, and so I listened to the whole thing every day <laughs> to and from. She work listened to Fourth Wing, like- Taylor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you? I don't okay? think I've read Fourth Wing yet. So, uh, but yeah, the, the audio book pretty good actually yeah there were areas where i was annoyed but you know <laughs> we won't talk about fourth wing <laughs> all right so we're gonna play this game that i made up <laughs> I love basically it. i'm gonna give you like a situation or character and then you just gotta give me your vibe on on the situation we've already kind of gone through some of these but it'll be fun and uh, mom you can give the vibe too all right so first one our first situation is Nynaeve is so stubborn that she continues to deny she can use the one power until it's literally so plain that there is absolutely no other option than the fact that she can channel is that uh, a queen moves or are you uncomfy are you immediately no to Nynaeve I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb here because I know this is like I'm gonna say this is the wrong answer but it's my answer and I'm gonna back it which is it's queen moves (laughs) it's annoying it's annoying that she doesn't but I love her for having so much doubt because I think it's going to make it stronger for her later in the series. Like, I think she's going to be that much stronger in what she pursues because she had that doubt first. She didn't just buy in. So I'm going to say queen move. All right. Tay. Yes, you definitely wouldn't have said queen moves. <laughs> the way you explained it, it makes sense. And I can, yeah, I can hear you. Um, Kind of. You can disagree. I get it. But <laughs> I'm uncomfy. Like, I just, I don't want her to be all hateful about it. I want her to embrace her power and become queen moves worthy. Um, But for now, (laughs) I'm uncomfy, naive. (laughs) Mom? I'm uncomfy too. And also because deep down, she really knows. (laughs) She's got to be stubborn. She needs to accept it and then just make it a queen move. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, All right. Situation number two. That's, I hate that, but that's what I'm going with now. Uh, Perrin, vibe number two. <laughs> vibe number two. Yes, vibe number two. There we go. Perrin finding Egwene with a horse, supplies, and a fire while he had to sleep under a tree in wet clothes. And I just want to say my option for this one because it's queen moves for Egwene because yeah. she was perfectly fine. But also, I'm giving queen moves to Perrin because he sleeps under a tree and he doesn't even complain about his neck to No, Egwene. I'm going to say so. queen moves all around. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, you know, and Perrin... I'm going to be honest, there there was a description, if I'm remembering correctly, about him finding that spot, and he was happy about it. So yeah. he embraced it. <laughs> Love that that was him. a great spot. He was like, this is the best that could happen, and then walks in and on. And then he was like, Aguain, wait, was like, oh, it maybe could have been better. <laughs> but yeah, queen moves for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I can't not agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, vibe number three, Perrin being scared of his powers and not wanting to become a wolf immediately. Immediate no. Um, well, immediate you said no. you said the first word of my sentence, which is immediately no. <laughs> <laughs> Just be a Gosh, wolf. Bro. Actually, yeah, I wrote down I'm uncomfy. Give me all the powers. It's not immediate, but it does bother me. Give I me the think the difference between this and Nynaeve is Nynaeve very... Like in the next section, we see her. She's accept like she has accepted. She's angry about it because she's naive, but she's accepted that and moved on. That that it's true. Yeah. Whereas Perrin keeps this a secret for like an uncomfy amount of time. Like I'm like everyone in this group knows you are lying to literally no one, but you're pretending you are. His eyes are yellow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> He's still hiding them like- at the end of the section, though. Like he won't. <laughs> Rand's like, like why does he keep ugly? looking down? Why are his eyes so downcast? He's like, <laughs> nervous. <sighs> All right. So both of you are uncomfy or are you immediate now? Immediate now. <laughs> I'm uncomfy. Yeah. Uh, vibe number four, Perrin not wanting Egwene to channel the one power around him. Immediately no. Immediately no. Yeah. Immediately no. Actually, I it's so immediately no that I'm going to change my last answer to just I'm uncomfy. This one's immediately no. <laughs> Mother. Immediately, no. I mean, it's just, he's just so paranoid about everything. <laughs> he's very like, conflicted. He, he doesn't want conflict. anything to be not the status quo. But he's not conflicted about this. It's not should she or shouldn't she. It's she should not. And yeah. how dare she? Yeah. Which also I'm gives this woman shouldn't be doing anything I'm not telling her to. Like, which I also was like, parent, I like you. Don't do this. Don't yeah. be around. <laughs> Tay, you said immediate now, too. Yeah. I, my immediate no might have covered up her immediate no, but we were both there <laughs> together. Immediately. <laughs> we both said immediate no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Vibe number five is just Matt. <laughs> That's all. Matt. Okay. I, I want to say immediately no, because most of the things he's done so far, immediately no. I'm going to say I'm I'm uncomfy strictly because it feels rude to say immediately no to a person. <laughs> I'm, I'm uncomfy. I'm uncomfy because I'm hoping for some progression, some growing up of Matt. But I'm just I just want him to stop. I just want him to stop just doing everything. Just just, the chapters where he was in bed were the safest I felt. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> Really? You stopped felt safe? Because I was not feeling safe about his choice. I was like, this man is going to sneak out and do something. I was not convinced. Poor Matt. I love Matt. I love Matt so much. (laughs) I know he is better. I've been reassured this. But so that's why it's not immediately no, but it's just an I'm comfy. I'm just looking for that treasure, okay? He just wanted treasure. Every time he mentions treasure, immediately no. (laughs) Immediately no. Mom, how are you feeling about Matt? <laughs> I don't want to. S- it's very hard for me to say anything. Cause <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Agree. Because of the space you guys are in right now, knowing yeah. what you know. Matt does suck right now. So, yeah, he does suck. <laughs> he's very. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with you, Taylor. The the scenes where he's in bed or he's just out of commission is kind of good right now. <laughs> <laughs> just like, okay. But don't have to worry. I do love him so much. Uh, vibe number six is Aram having a hot, hungry gaze when looking at Egwene. Immediately? No. <laughs> I read that and gagged a little. I can't. I don't know. I don't like it. Hot, no. hungry gaze. I hate that. I hate that description. I I think I see I have where it's different... coming from Perrin because it's yes. Perrin looking at it. Yes. So it's the way he sees it. But the way it's described, no. I'm going to say not. I'm uncomfy because if it was from Egwene's perspective saying hot, hungry gaze, immediately no run 
like mm-hmm. further than immediately no like get this girl out of here but because it's coming from Perrin who I I really think is having big brother vibes big brother vibes <laughs> yeah it's just like I get why he's uncomfy by that but I don't she isn't so the description I'm uncomfy. The situation, I'm leaving my reservations for Egwene. And she's <laughs> accepting it, so it's fine. I think that was very well Tay. said. Yeah, that <laughs> I'm uncomfy. And yes, if Egwene had these feelings about it, then immediately yeah, no. I feel that. But yeah. You've convinced me. Yeah. It's a it's a it the line did its job. <laughs> You're very persuasive, Marissa. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh vibe number seven is the white cloaks. The White Cloak's killing a wolf. Immediate oh. now. I think we're all going to be immediate now here. I, immediate I don't like now. it. If somebody's not an immediate no, can yeah. you like leave now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Okay. The wolves deserve <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Vibe number eight. Loyal's quiet place and the place he's like hiding out basically is the library. <laughs> queen vibes. Queen oh, moves. Queen I love moves, queen. Sorry. Queen loyal. <laughs> oh, queen moves. I, I actually. I, I feel so bad for him, except that he gets to hang out in the library. Earlier, but I did say like yes, <laughs> I wrote loyal. Yes, adventure with us. Yes. So I I'm on the loyal train. Yeah, we love loyal. I do feel sad for him though because he wants to go out, but all the people are mean to him. They think he's a trollic. They, they like him They're yeah so that's scared. why him him finding a space to thrive anyway is such queen moves also just the fact that the inn has a library is pretty great too that's but... queen moves in and of itself yeah. and a bunch of cats <laughs> like this is the inn i want to be at well the cats are there because of the rats so maybe that yeah but the innkeeper's fat so he's trustworthy there's, <laughs> obviously. there's, there's the fat there's the fat innkeeper with the rats and the cats we love that <laughs> I'm assuming you're queen as well there, Mom. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'm at number nine here. Elaine ordering her guards around and protecting Rand, someone she literally just met. And I wrote, I'm uncomfy, but only because Stranger Danger Elaine. Like, come on. No, queen moves. Queen moves, for <laughs> sure. Moves. Yeah, queen uh, moves. Elaine knows who she is and who she will become. She and I love know. that she's not afraid to use it. Elaine is very confident in herself. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. As Rand is leaving, she's like, you're hot, by the way. Like, that's queen moves, too. Like, I'm not on the Rand train, but, like, that was also queen moves. Uh, Speaking of hot, we've got vibe number 10. Uh, Galad being a snitch, but he's also pretty hot and tall. So, Uh, I'm just uncomfy. Immediately, no. I'm comfy. I don't don't trust guys who are just hot. (laughs) (laughs) that that was it actually no it's like the hotter the guy like the more i'm on edge so actually like all this palace full of hot people made me (laughs) very uncomfy (laughs) hot siblings yes (laughs) how you feeling about galad at this point in the story I think I would say uncomfy because it is super annoying that he's got to be so good. Yeah. Like, like, come on, break the rules a little bit. Yeah. Listen up. (laughs) That is like the most annoying sibling. That's like, oh, you're doing something? I'm going to go tell. Like, yeah, he's a rat. Okay. (laughs) I was the fink in my family. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately, no. (laughs) Well, I was five years younger than my siblings. So they were like, but there's also like the difference between like like there was like le- like there was like a real possibility that somebody was going to get really hurt by his actions, and so there was like no moral awareness, which makes me an immediately no. To be sure. fair, though, Elaine could have gotten hurt by Rand if yeah, but if she he was didn't. Bad. So like you have to look at what happened as That's well. True. Like That's he true. he very much was like blinders on. This is against code number six in <laughs> section four like he was quoting the book to her and she was like i'm fine 
<laughs> he was lawful. Also, Elaine hates him. <laughs> lawful, not He moral. is very much lawful good <laughs> in this situation, at least. Is it lawful? Like, is it lawful good? Though? It might be lawful neutral. That's what I feel. Yeah. Because you're following the law regardless of how it affects others. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I changed my opinion there. Very persuasive. Very persuasive. Marissa said that, uh, that, that I, that's it. That's what I changed my answer to that. Uh, vibe number, can't remember. The boys, <laughs> the boys finally telling Maureen about their dreams. I'm uncomfy because it should have happened sooner. Honestly. But finally, at least they did. Uh, yeah, I'm uncomfy. I want to say immediately no, because I'm so mad about it, but I'm just uncomfy. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm uncomfy for her. I'm uncomfy for them. I'm uncomfy for what else they will keep from her. I'm uncomfy that she's forced to stand there and be like, this is okay. I forgive you, (laughs) even though I would want to strangle them. (laughs) It's kind of crazy because the Aes Sedai is supposed to have like their emotions controlled, but Mm -hmm. how? (laughs) How? (laughs) That's what I would have I would have been wringing their necks. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I'm like, this woman, patience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they're so scared of her. She's got patience, that's for sure. And she's not even a mom. That's the thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm uncomfy because it feels like when there's something you should have done and it takes longer and longer and longer to do it, that it just keeps getting worse to have to do it. Yeah. That's the feeling I get. At the very last possible moment when when it doesn't help anymore, particularly. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's uncomfy feelings. Yeah. Another vibe being the ways. I'm immediate no to the ways. <laughs> they do not sound fun. I'm excited about they're not- them. Oh, Taylor. <laughs> I think they're so you're just cool. <laughs> I don't know. You're Taylor wants me- bad things to happen. <laughs> you're telling me there's pathways where time is like warped and you can travel like There's pathways leagues. where... They have been warned. D- doesn't the Dark One reference how they will be like, or the Dark Friends reference how they will be swallowed by the shadows? Probably. And then they talk about how like people are lost to the shadows in the way. Okay, bring a glow stick. Like, like this- it's fine. <laughs> they got lanterns. I just think I just think of Lord of the Rings and them going through the the dead because of doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just that's all I think about. I'm like, oh my god. Like. Like, we've had this happen twice now. She didn't want to go into Shagar. Shadow Logoth. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that one. And now she just, like, somebody doesn't want to go into the, the ways. The ways. Um, it does feel a little claustrophobic. Like, we're going to be trapped in a tunnel kind of and situation. by a shadow. It's not good. <laughs> the but fast travel, that's. As a motion six girly. <laughs> benefits outweigh the, the, we've got the cons here. We've got fast travel. We've got... <laughs> benefits truly are outweighing the dangers in this situation. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And finally, last vibe. Uh, Egwene asking Rand who Elaine is after just finding out they basically have no options except an extremely dangerous one. <laughs> What's the vibe here? Oh, I want to say it's queen moves because it's so bold. <laughs> But I'm uncomfy because this is setting up the most, what I feel like it's setting up, and I might be way off here, but it's setting up the most makeup, breakup, relationship, jealous, not jealous. And as you said in our first one, to Rand or not to Rand, <laughs> relationship for Egwene. And so I feel like I'm, I'm just like, it, it's a queen move in the moment, but I'm uncomfy at the consequences. All right. Hard No. Or no, you're, you're no one going asking that. <laughs> Just don't ask. Yeah, probably better. 
<laughs> okay. I mean, a part of me is like, yes, put him on the spot. Who is this? Absolutely. And then another part is like, I mean, she wasn't really anyone for... Egwene doesn't need to worry about her anyways, because her and Rand aren't going to happen. She's going to end up with Perrin. Mm. But... Um... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I'm probably uncomfy. Me and Taylor, me and Taylor are gonna fight to the death about this, and then it's gonna be so irrelevant. Just, <laughs> that's, that's that's my take. Just until uh, Egwene and Perrin fall in love, and then then the fight will be over. I, but I, I will say she had that thing with Aram. Aram, yeah, yeah, she liked Aram. And I feel like that was what was the quote? What did? How did he look at her? <laughs> hot and hungry. <laughs> hot, hot and hungry. Hot and hungry. Aram. According to Perrin, I just I feel like a little bit. It's like very much forgetting how much she didn't. She wasn't really that worried about him either at moments. Yeah, and like very much being like, wait you mentioned like I, I it's a queen it's a queen move for the second that she does it because it's so bold but everything else about it is i'm uncomfy <laughs> all right and that is all no questions about lan and nynaeve oh my... well i can add one in just in general uh just queen moves. lan lan like almost breaking his oath queen boring. moves i love him <laughs> uh, and nynaeve absolutely not turning away from danger when he suggests it how dare you? <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I The last time I, I laughed when you were like, I have a theory. And I was like, I know exactly where this is going. I know what she just caught. <laughs> and then there's more, obviously, in this. So you did get the Land it of was, Moraine it guess. Was, it was or a the moment Land and, of uh, naive guess. absolute joy. When, <laughs> when I, you saw it. When I started, like, literally the chapter that we resumed on to. And there was just like, this. There's like, something here. I was like, I was right. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. They are super anyway. cute. I love that. I do want to get your quick most valuable to Viren and least valuable to Viren. You don't have to give me the list like you did last time, two of you. Give me your, your most valuable and your least valuable for this series. Um, mom, if you want to I would love to hear your mom's In this moment thoughts. and tell me while these two get their notes ready, who... For at this point in the book, so we've left Emmons Field, gone to Shatter Logoth, everybody's split up, then we've met back in Camelin and we're like about to go into the ways. Who at this point would have been your favorite? Or if you remember, or even just... I love Perrin. It's the wolf thing. Yeah. The wolf thing is great. Rand is kind of whiny and annoying right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so Matt is just bad. <laughs> <laughs> But I love Matt. <laughs> All right. So Perrin, most Perrin is my most valuable. And your least. And I would say Matt friend. has got to be the least valuable Mad. because he's, okay, you know. All right. <laughs> Which is hardcore because Matt coming in last over Tom, who's literally not in this right now, <laughs> is, 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 is a wild thing. <laughs> All yeah. right. Tay, who we got? Last place we got Matt. That was a given. <laughs> Yeah, I have my whole list. If you want to share your whole list, I don't know if you made the whole list. Though. I do have my whole list. Alex didn't want to hear right, it. But, to okay, <laughs> I want to hear. Oh, it. are all the Edmonds Field people Tavern 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 Tavern? Sorry, all? yeah, I thought sorry. it was just the three. Yeah, yeah so I didn't we should have maybe explain that. To, we, yeah. we did actually all seven. Oh, I, okay, 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 okay. I am calling them Tavern. They're not all Tavern. It's just oh, rat. okay. Rat. rat. Matt, Rad and Perrin. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's no, what I was rat, thinking. Yeah. Rad yeah. is a perfect yeah. name for <laughs> both of them. I'm just using MVT as like oh, okay. Acronym, oh, okay. so most okay. valuable. But it, in, at this point in the story, who is your favorite or your most, you think most valuable to the story? 
Most valuable. Or you can mm. just go favorite. It, and by Last valuable, it, it, the whole thing is misleading because valuable means favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love Egwene too. But I mean, I also, well, Elaine's not really part of them. So like, I just yeah. love her but attitude. But at this point, her. at this point, we've got like the eight of them. So Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene, I need Lorraine, Lan, Tom. I think I included that, but we see we're missing. Lan is one of my favorites. I just love, he's just so badass. And sword daddy. Yeah. <laughs> And then least valuable at this point, I feel like you can still put Matt on that. Yeah, Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. (laughs) You're at the bottom. Uh, All right. For mine, I've got, well, I've got nine listed here. So Matt. Which ones are, you have nine. I'm missing one. I need to. Loyal. Loyal? Oh. Mm. So Matt in ninth, followed by Tom in eighth, because he's not in the story (laughs) right now. Uh, We've got Rand. (laughs) That's really funny. Tom's not last on that. Rand is in seventh. Rand is seventh. I think it was a bit of a move up from last time for Rand. Uh, Sixth, we have Lan. Seventh, Nynaeve. She's moved up for me. Uh, Fourth, Egwene. Third, Moraine. Second, Perrin, because wolfy vibes. And first is Loyal, because, oh my god, I love him already. Which, I I mean, a quick prediction, I think he's going to die because it's going to hurt the most. Um. And then I have an honorable mention for Elaine because I liked her a lot. Uh, so I have, this is not a hot take. It's Matt. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Poor Matt. I, you know, and I, and, and I feel like this is the, this is, this is maybe a little bit of the start of a turning, not the turning point for him, but a turning point for him. I'm hoping, but maybe not. Rand in eighth. I have Tom in seventh and I feel bad for Tom because he only dropped to seventh because he's been fake dead so he hasn't been doing a lot uh then i have perrin who i I feel like would be higher if but the 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 whole pushing away and denying and also like being like i can't talk to the wolves like that was getting on my nerves a little bit so i expect him to float back up this list all right uh loyal in fifth because i do love him but we haven't seen a lot of him Egwene in fourth so i realized she wasn't on my list from last one Oh. So I missed putting her on there, but I slotted her in fourth. So she's exactly the same. And then I have Moraine, Lan, and I- I'm sticking with my girl, Nanive. Nanive, I love it. I get good vibes from her. Right. I know she's not reacting well to everything, but it's human and it's okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like her. it. Anger issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta get stuff out. She's sometimes you gotta that. get angry to channel your power. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I can do the outro this time because unless we have any final thoughts from the two of you or you mother. <laughs> now I've got to reread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's got excited again. Got to get on that Libby app. Any final things that you two need to touch on or want to mention? Silence I don't, means no. I don't think so. All right. I'm ready for Lane and Lan- Lane. They, they're one now. <laughs> Lan and I meet neve to like have more scenes together every time they're like i pay the most attention that's that's all i have love to this say. for you <laughs> Tay? Too. um i'm excited to get into the ways it's gonna be a little spooky it's spooky season so that's perfect ready to go <laughs> all right so we thank you so much for listening if you want more content from us go follow us on instagram we are the sorry at queens of fantasy pod on there 
We also have a Discord server. It is joined with our sister podcast, The Book Jar Pod, which also has a book club if you're so interested in that, where you can uh, ask us questions, you can follow along with the reading, you can leave some comments of your own, and you can tell us how much you want Matt to not touch that thing. So you can go ahead and do that by following the link in the description of this podcast. If you want to find more information about me specifically, you can check out at Maddie Dancer on Instagram, or you can go ahead and uh, check out one of my other podcasts at Crown Heathens or at the Book Jar Pod there. Alex, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at uh, Creative Al or it's called A Creative Al or on the Discord. I'm in there as Alex Sedai. <laughs> Very aptly named. <laughs> Taylor, how about you? Fine. You can find me on Instagram at currentayreading. Don't make fun of me. I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I love it. No, no, I we love, love it. it. My name is Maddie Dancer. I have no legs to stand on to make fun of you. Yeah. Taylor's <laughs> a brand new uh, bookstagram account, yeah, so we got go give her a follow. Two posts. All right. And perfect. You got to start somewhere. All right. So other than that, we thank you again for listening and joining us on this journey through the eye of the world and we will see you in the next chapters bye bye Well, then, that is all from us today. Um, you can find us on Instagram at... Trying to remember how to do an outro. Do you want me to do it? No, I won't try. You can... I don't mind. I can do the outros. Like, you do the intros and all the research. It's okay. Sorry, I'm to do the outro. Okay. A seasoned pro. No, I'm going to mess it up. But please do leave that in because I want... No, me. I'm going to put that at the end. Like, oh, yeah. you do the outro. Are you sure? Do you want me to? Because you're doing really bad. <laughs> do <you want> me... <laughs> no, I didn't say it. That was the suggestion. <laughs>